Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. coming at you live from our attic. You mixed it up a little. I did. It, it used to be, hey, everybody, I'm Kim Holderness. It's been your, I think, for maybe a hundred week streak that has been broken. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm looking to make a change. Yeah. Maybe, are you auditioning for like jazz radio? I am auditioning for the NPR podcast. Here are two different types of jazz played <laughs> on top of each other. What was that from? Parks, Parks and Rec. Oh, they have Parks this, and like, Rec. They have this great public access radio have we mentioned that this is the Holderness Family oh, yeah. Podcast? I'm sorry, yet? sorry. You're... Thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining the Holderness Family Podcast. We have a wonderful, wonderful woman joining us from England in a few minutes, and she's going to give us advice on how to have a calm Christmas. But before that, we're going to inundate you with a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> that is the opposite of <laughs> the opposite of calm. No, it's calm. It's fine. Next year, next year for the love. Next week is the ten year anniversary from the date we pushed publish on our video you may have heard i don't know maybe you've heard of it called christmas pajamas yep we uh we abbreviated it to christmas jammies just for you uh it was the video that kim and i decided to make to announce that we were quitting our jobs and starting our own business and it changed our lives we looked back on it and i had much more hair it was brown brownish blonde <laughs> My children were I tiny. I had collagen in my skin. We we all like we were so full of hope. Um, and now you know, like when they show a picture of a president, and like after four years, it looks like they've aged twenty. Yeah. Like it, like the, what the aging process of ten years has done for us. You look about the same. I'm. Everyone knows that I look different from my ten years well, ago. Well, the I'm hair so is. Gray. I love your hair. Yeah. The rest of me has stayed fairly intact, but the hair has gone. You're straight the way of Steve Martin. Uh, but we will do a special podcast next week talking about some of the things we wish we knew, some of the stuff you didn't know. Um, it'll be fun, I hope. We haven't recorded it yet, but it'll be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, 
You guys, uh, if you're shopping for someone you love this Christmas season, Christmas is about a lot more than shopping, by the way, and Beth's going to talk to us Beth about that shortly. talk about that. But if you are, because, you know, some people still like to do that, we do have these pretty cool uh, gift guides, 2023 gift guides on our website, theholdernessfamily.com, and they're very specific. So something for a dad, something for a mom, husband, wife. Yeah, children. we try to get like, you know, for the techie teen, for the crafty you know, teen. All that stuff. Um, and you can uh, shop for some of our stuff. Like what if there's something on the list that, that we actually make, like a pickleball paddle or something? That would be cool. Or a fun t-shirt yeah. or a game. Yeah. Also, so just go to holdernessfamily.com slash gift guides, or you can sign up for our newsletter because we are releasing a new game just in time to not make it for Christmas. <laughs> you guys, this you is guys. a special Christmas surprise. We have a new game. It could make it to you but in maybe, February. But maybe, maybe not. Yeah. It actually might get there in Christmas. We, like, we really shouldn't be talking about this. Well, actually, like, we do have a whole launch thing. Yeah. But it's definitely not going to make to, it in time for Christmas. Just to lift the veil on how we do stuff. <laughs> It's kind of, eh. No, it was great. We wanted we to tried. make it great. So that's yeah. the issue, is we could have rushed it and gotten out the door, um, but we... We wanted it to be perfect. We wanted it to be, or as close to... Perfect. Yes. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, for all those big budgets in January... <laughs> I think we could make up our own holiday. Let's commercialize. Yeah. There is a National Introverts Day. For a card game? It's actually pretty good. <laughs> okay. So, anywho, <laughs> stay in touch with us about that. Yes. Also want to mention really quickly, can we give a shout out to Greenlight? Yes. So we recently got Greenlight for our kids. Slay. And so just so you know, it's like a debit card and a money app that lets them learn how to save and invest and build credit. And what I love about it, aside from the fact that you can like customize chores and automate allowance and set like spending controls, is that it's, I think it's making our kids think that money and saving it and learning about it is kind of cool. Yes. Yeah, so go to greenlight.com slash holderness to sign up and you have until the end of December for a chance to win $500 for your family. Five lucky families will win $500. So greenlight.com slash Holderness. So because of that prize, we just wanted to make sure you guys knew about it. Let's get Beth in here. Yeah. She's going to join us from across the pond Mm -hmm. and we're interested in a lot of what she has to say, but particularly the fact that she has started a podcast and a book called Calm Christmas. And doesn't that just kind of, that, that grabs your attention, doesn't it, Kim? She's written several books, um, but just the, the fact that she's trying to help people being more, to be more intentional at this time, was I was very curious. Because I'll be honest, I roll my eyes when people tell me to slow down and enjoy things. <laughs> I, I'm trying to. You guys yeah. heard about my slow 60 challenge for myself. It is harder than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It is harder this time of year to slow down, be intentional, and to, um, it's, it's mostly about, I thought it would be more about, um, like saying no to things, but it's been harder to really pick the things I want to participate in and things that I don't. And so anyway, it, it's just, it's been harder. So she she was she was great, she was great. So my favorite part about it is, I think you may have walked into this thinking, okay, calm Christmas, They're gonna she's gonna tell me to calm down. You can't tell me to calm down, I got too much stuff to do. But really what it ended up being about was being honest and upfront with the people who you love about mm-hmm. what it is that you want, which lines up pretty closely with 
everything we've been trying to do with our book and with our relationships. So, um, it was a little like marriage counseling. It was a little holiday marriage 100%, counseling. And why not? Right? Yes. Like, don't you think we all could use a little bit of uh, counseling around the holiday time? Mm-hmm. Hmm? It was. Huh? 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 Why are you laughing? Why, why, why are you looking at me? Raise like that? your hand if you haven't gotten in an argument around Christmas time with your wife or husband. If you're raising your hand, congratulations. You're amazing. And you're a liar. Raise your no, hand. Just... Raise your hand if right before you hit record on a podcast you do with your husband, you got in a fight about how you celebrate the holidays. We're both raising our hands. <laughs> okay. Let's introduce Beth. Uh, <laughs> hey, Kim. I love you. Love you too, uh, boo. Oh, I do love you. I do love we you too. We did get into a big... We did. We got into a fight. And then we resolved it by just talking to Beth. We literally, it was... We didn't tell her this. Well, you could kind of, you could hear the tension. No, uh, most people can't. Okay. You guys listen I to think, this and yeah. tell me you could hear the tension. But literally, we were supposed to start the interview at 10 a.m. at 9.59. We like, both accused each other of something, which is a great way to start. You know, the best way to start a podcast with your loved one is to accuse them of something. And it was about holiday stuff yep. and what I needed from him. And anywho. Yeah. Anyway, I was right. But anyway, Beth Kempton. No, I'm not. I was not right. But neither were you. That makes me feel better. Uh, Beth Beth Kempton is a best-selling self-help author and writer mentor including the book Calm Christmas and a Happy New Year, a little book of festive joy. She has had a 20-year love affair with Japan. That's not a person, that's a country. Uh, and has made it her work to uncover life lessons and philosophical ideas buried in Japanese culture, words, and ritual. As a mentor, Beth offers support and inspiration to writers and dreamers, teaching how words and ideas can heal, inspire, uplift, connect, and help us make the most of our time in this beautiful world. She's also the founder of Do What You Love, a company which produces and delivers inspiring online courses for living well with over 100,000 alumni. Beth is a mother of two daughters who fill her every single day with pure joy, including this day in which they were sent home from school because of a storm. (laughs) Welcome, Beth, and thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Hello, oh, hello. Hello. Uh, where are you, Beth? You're very worldly. Where are you joining us from? <laughs> I'm in Devon, which is um, in the southwest of England. I live in a small village between the sea and the fields countryside. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. uh, it, it sounds dreamy, but are you experiencing a little bad weather right now? Is that what I hear? <laughs> yes. My children just got sent from home because of some crazy rain. So... There's chaos going on in other rooms in my little cottage, but I've shut the door and hopefully my husband's taking care of everybody. Well, wait a minute. So I thought we were the only people who closed schools because of rain. <laughs> because uh, because the south uh, of the states get teased for getting uh, sent home when there's not like 40 feet of snow. How bad is the rain? It's actually not raining at all now. It's, there's a rainbow, <laughs> but school decided this morning. Nope. So all the parents are like, there's not even any rain. Well, famously, anyway, quite happy. Yeah. Well, famously in the southern United States, if there's a hint of snow, like if the Apple you know, icon has like a snowflake, it, the, the world shuts down because we just are not prepared. We are not built. We are not built for snow. So there's a lot of teasing that happens of us. Yes. To be honest, it's the same. I know we don't have the heat that you have, but we're also equally unprepared for snow. We dream of it all year long, but when it comes, it's a complete disaster and everything stops. <laughs> uh, so how old are your children? They are eight and nine, and the nine-year-old will be 10 on Christmas Day. Oh, 
you have a Christmas baby. Well, my son is going to be turning 14 on December 23rd. So not as, not as, um, not quite a Christmas baby. So that was one of my main questions. As we talk about uh, a calm Christmas, I want to roll my eyes anytime somebody tells me, just calm down, you know, just chill out. And I was like, you know, here, this person's written a book on it. But I'm like, obviously she doesn't have small children because people with small children can't have a calm Christmas, but you're telling me it's possible? Well, I wrote the book when my children were much smaller than they are now. And I think I wrote it because I needed a calm Christmas and I didn't have one at all. And actually, um, it was it sparked really on our eldest daughter's first birthday. So that was obviously her second Christmas. She was born on Christmas Day. Um, but we were just flooded with presents. Mm. We spent the entire day opening presents. And I think there was a point that me and my husband were just looking around at this mess of stuff that she didn't need. She was only one year old. And it was just everything about it, the feelings of obligation towards other people and the feeling of waste and the fact that we weren't actually spending time with each other. We were just unwrapping stuff we just realized we don't want this to set the precedent for how we have Christmas with our children as they get older and after, so we checked, we made some big decisions about presents then but then kind of carried on as usual and then a few years later um well a couple of years later so we had a second child um just a year and a half later so she was a baby and our Christmas baby was a toddler and we had my whole family round for Christmas and it was my family's lovely, but <laughs> nobody did anything at all. And we were just exhausted. My husband was in the kitchen all day long. I didn't see him. Mm. And at the end of the day, when everyone had gone home, we kind of flopped on the sofa with a glass of wine going, what just happened? And my <laughs> husband was like, I don't even like turkey. And I was like, I don't like turkey either. And we never even had a conversation about what we like to eat. And that we, we decided there and then we're just going to make Christmas what we want it to be. And we, we're busy people like so many others are. And we want Christmas to be a special time of togetherness and magic while our children are little and all these things. And there are so many things that we expected of Christmas that we don't need or care about. And so we decided to ditch them and it made things a lot better. So I decided to write a book about it. So you and your husband got together and had a discussion about what it is that you wanted from Christmas and that's how you move forward. Um, were you 100% aligned with your husband about exactly <laughs> what you wanted? No, we had we had very different experiences of children, uh, Christmas growing up, which I think affects very much what we expect of Christmas as adults. And when you say the word Christmas or holidays, you know, the movie that plays in my head is different to the one that plays in your head or your head. Sure. And I think we don't have those conversations, which is why we have this kind of mismatch but don't really know why, because we're all talking about Christmas. Um, my husband actually grew up overseas a lot. So he had a lot of Christmases in hotels in Hong Kong and he lived in Iraq and Trinidad and, you know, has had Christmas in the heat and all of these things. And I only ever had Christmas at home in my house, the same house all my life. And my parents didn't have a lot of money, but they made Christmas super special. Um, and I think we had very different expectations of it. And so it's very revealing to have that conversation and to be honest we have it every year because we want and need different things every year in in the spring I lost my mum to cancer after she three weeks after her diagnosis it was so fast I'm so sorry and, uh, thank you and it just so completely distressing of course but she knew what was coming and she always loved Christmas so she actually sat down with me and made me let her help me plan my I have a 
Christmas podcast as well, the Calm Christmas podcast. And she helped me plan it for this year because she knew it would be really difficult for us and that it would be easy for us to say, oh, we don't want to celebrate. That would be wrong. And she's like, no, you have to bring as much light as you can into the season. And she has, I guess, given us a Christmas gift this year by helping us in advance. So what we want and need from Christmas this year is very different from, you know, 10 years ago or perhaps for you with I know you have teenagers mm-hmm. um very different again I'm hoping you don't ask me for any advice for Christmas and teenagers because I have no <laughs> idea and perhaps you can tell me <laughs> I don't know that we don't need advice about a specific age I, I want advice on how you and your husband collaborated in this in this format and what like what were the what were the core needs for each of you and how did you manage to make both of them work Well, for him, he just likes together time. He loves food. The more, the better. (laughs) So he's not bothered about anything fancy. And to be honest, ours is really just a posh roast dinner now. Mm -hmm. We have chicken. We don't have turkey because that's everyone's favorite. We made a rule that anyone's allowed to have whatever they want on Christmas Day. If you want chocolate for breakfast, that's fine. If you don't want to eat your Christmas dinner, that's fine. So there's no pressure. And he just wanted to, one of the big things for him was to get outside Christmas Day and that's something that we didn't do that really stressful Christmas when my whole family was in our house and we lived in a really really small house so everyone was on top of each other um but now we make most of our Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve um and then just so that we can just heat it up the next day and we go to the sea in the morning um, I went swimming on Christmas Day in the freezing cold wow. uh, sea yeah it was wonderful and we just do something outdoors in the morning. He loves running. Um, so we've kind of accommodated that side of Christmas for him. And I absolutely love a Christmas carol service. And he's not bothered. So it kind of gave me permission to just go on my own or go with a friend or take my children and not force him to go and also be allowed to go without him <laughs> because yeah. it's actually more enjoyable when he's not there because he doesn't want to be there. So they're really simple things and made a really big difference. Hey, hang in there. We're going to be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. May is Mental Health Awareness Month and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain – If you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. 
At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. Just a peek behind the curtain here, Beth. Penn and I, uh, we get along very well. We have a very good marriage. I would say yearly there is a discussion about how traditions are celebrated, and I think you verbalized it perfectly, Mm -hmm. that there's a different movie playing in my head that's playing in his. Uh, he had a very different Christmas, not very different, but he had a different uh, perception and there was different emotions wrapped around Christmas for him. He was the, you know, son of a preacher. <laughs> so dad was gone. So it wasn't something and it was it was the busiest time of the year and it was it was the busy season and it was a business basically. And his so he has a very different perception where mine was this time of just joyous celebration in a house where my parents ended up splitting up and they married beautiful, wonderful people. But, you know, there wasn't a a lot of that, but Christmas it was. And so it was like such a special time. So I want Christmas starting November 1st. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. So it's... um, Right, so to lift the veil, and I think the length of Christmas is, can be, um, that can be a point of discussion for us. And then I, I don't think we've ever had the frank discussion that you just had, which is like, maybe there's some stuff that we don't even do together. Maybe, maybe like, there's, yeah. and then how, so what that, the blending of traditions is so hard because there's no, there's no wrong way to do it, but there's also, it's impossible to like compromise and you can't kind of go to a carol service or you can't kind of go to the sea in the morning like you have to commit there's no just like halfway of doing it i think it's really interesting that (laughs) you said i'll go to the carol service without him because it's better because he's not there and being grumpy you know i guess yeah it's a christmas miracle i I think (laughs) (laughs) well he's pretty delighted (laughs) I think it's be, it's just being honest and um you know saying what's what's the one thing that you absolutely want to do this Christmas and does that have to be on Christmas day sometimes it does um sometimes it doesn't often it doesn't and then that means you know my carol service isn't on Christmas day but his going outside on Christmas day is on Christmas day and it works out fine so I, I just think it's talking about it so often we just do the things we've always done because that's what we've always done, but we can make new traditions as well as honor the ones that we love the most. And blending traditions could be nice, but it doesn't, we don't have to do all of them all the mm-hmm. time, you know? Yeah. I'm fascinated by uh, your uh, connection with Japan. And I happen to know a couple of things about how the Japanese celebrate Christmas. I don't know if this is anything you ever incorporate, but like they, their Christmas meal is KFC. That's like the mm-hmm. most popular meal is they just go to KFC and they get chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> is that true? Really? Yeah. people. It's an absolutely huge thing. And it's more for kind of young people with their friends or girlfriends, boyfriends, mm-hmm. more than 
like a family thing. Okay. It's like how you celebrate. Yeah. I think it's one of the most successful marketing campaigns of all time. We do Christmas is KFC. And then (laughs) everyone's done that for the last 30 years or whatever. It's genius. Get a bucket of chicken and call it Christmas. I mean, I'm not opposed. (laughs) I'm not opposed. (laughs) They also, um, I guess like Christmas Eve is more their party night. And then New Year's is more of their family thing. It's okay. there, there's just I, I want to know. Tell me uh, uh, with your relationship with Japan, have you learned anything there to, that you've taken into your family and then into your calm Christmas philosophy? Well, to be honest, um, when I had the, the first time I ever had Christmas there, um, I was a student and I was aware. I think I was nineteen and I was living for a year um, in Japan, and I was, it was such a big deal for me to not go home for Christmas mm-hmm. because Christmas was this big family thing. It was really hard. And I ended up, um, I was living with a homestay family and their, the brother of the homestay family lived in Malaysia and was coming back. So I got kicked out of the house. So like, you can't be here. There's no room. So I went to stay with my friends in Tokyo and we had a kind of orphan Christmas. And it was absolutely bizarre, but really fun. Like Japan doesn't really do Christmas ex- in, in the same way that I knew it, but there are, there are amazing illuminations beautiful Christmas trees made out of bright lights. I mean, the big cities do a really lovely job, um, but not from any kind of, um, you know, faith or heritage yeah. perspective, much more from a commercial uh, point of view. There are Christians in Japan, of course, but nowhere near as many as there are in the US or the UK. So we had this one Christmas where there was some Japanese people as well and some um, British people. And I remember that we went to the... Um, foreign supermarket and we bought like one chicken breast for an awful lot of money and we had to cook it in like the oven toaster because they there's not really ovens in the same way that we have ovens in, in most kitchens they're very very small um, and there was this film like a very strange Christmas film of Santa with an axe on the television it was just the weirdest <laughs> weirdest Christmas die hard thing going yeah on. yeah and then I went I was there a few years later I went back after university to work and I was living in the mountains um, and my brother was there as well we decided to stay for Christmas and it was just gorgeous because it was snow everywhere and we went skiing and you know just sat around drink, eating hot pot and all the kind of nothing to do with Christmas itself but the my ideas of magical snowy Christmas that we'd never had at home um, but I think that was me as a foreigner making those things mm-hmm. and a lot of people work on Christmas day it's not really a thing at all but New Year is a really big um, celebration there's a whole clear you know you clean your house and um, definitely leave move on from this year into the next and but a fascinating cultural experience so I wouldn't say that anything in Japanese culture particularly informed this book, but I've written quite a few books. Um, and one of them is called Wabi Sabi, which is um, the subtitle is Japanese Wisdom for a Perfectly Imperfect Life. And it definitely, my many years associated with Japan studying Japanese culture and language have taught me to see the world in a particular way where, I, you know, you see the beauty in the shadows is a really big thing, just both aesthetically and also kind of metaphorically mm-hmm. in real life. Um, seasonality is a huge thing. Um, so you really notice the arrival of winter um, and the leaving of winter. Um, I think tuning into that can make a huge difference as how you feel as you notice the seasons. I mean, that's just such a really good way to calm calm yourself down in the middle of 
chaos of you know you're in a shopping mall or something actually just spend a little bit of time in nature and notice what's going on in nature and see how winter there's beauty in a winter garden as much as there is in a summer garden for example all of that I think comes from the influence that Japan has had on me for sure let's get right to it okay a calm Christmas to me I'm striving to slow down in my life you know kids are teens I know it's going by so fast and it's it's a struggle for me to actually slow down and to not to, to not overcommit and to really enjoy and be intentional in the activities I choose. But when I hear a calm Christmas, I mean, it, I I struggle with it. Just sounds like I would feel I internally. You're about, yeah, you're about to say lazy, right? Yeah, yeah, that it would feel like a lazy Christmas. Like because I'm so programmed that productivity is the only way, and the more you do, the the better you are. So like, help me de deprogram that that thinking. Where does that come from? That's a really good question. I think I'm not going to put this on my parents at all, but I think that there was probably a time in life when pro productivity was rewarded. And especially mm -hmm. in the United States, I think it is something that it's a very a achievement mindset. And I think I was awarded and applauded for getting good grades and doing well at my job and achieving certain milestones. And I know, and, and this is internal because my mother does a beautiful job of, she, she loves her very, she says out loud, like she has a very simple life and she loves it. So this is like internal, but I think I'm a very competitive person. I don't have FOMO. I don't have I don't have this fear of missing out at all. I'm not competitive with my neighbors per se. It's very internal. Like if we achieve something, I never stop to smell the roses. And and I'm, I I witness that, and I'm living that. So I'm trying to deprogram because I'm seeing it now in my kids, and I think mm. that's pretty toxic and terrible. So I I don't know where it comes from, but I came at it like real natural. <laughs> Like it's, yeah, it's just, it's always been this, like this for me at least. And I'm sure there's some ways that served you incredibly well, right? You, you know, you're doing something that you love and you yeah. managed to achieve lots of things along the way. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, yeah it's, it, it, you're exactly right. I've been rewarded for it. I think it's just about having a counter to that. I think, you know, as when, you know, we're animals and animals are supposed to hibernate in winter. We're not built to be go, go, go all year long. But obviously, because the environment we live in and bright lights and everything, it just is society programs us to never stop. It's not healthy for us. And I don't think it's how we're supposed to be as human beings. And so this is a really good time of year. I think even if you are somebody who loves to keep going and to be honest, secret, so am I. Mm -hmm. And I struggle with it too, which is, I think, partly why I write self-help books. So I always write about the thing that I need, as so many people do, and they've helped. Just the writing of them has helped me so much. And I think actually writing has been huge for me to help me um, slow down and not always, be, especially when you write books, I know that you have, mm -hmm. um, and I was re I was listening to one of your episodes and no, was it November that you just finished and submitted another book? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So writing books is not a fast process, mm -hmm. right? It takes a long time, you, you deliver it and then it's not on the shelves for you know a long time after that. And then people have to read it yes. before you hear about how it went. And so that is a really 
that that kind of schedule I think has really helped me um and journaling just as a practice Mm -hmm. has definitely um really helped just to tune out everything else and just take some time to see how you're feeling and explore those things why why do I feel so obliged to do this when I've already done this and this or reflecting on where you are like you said when you've achieved something just taking a moment to think you know five years ago this would have been the dream why do I feel pushed to do more and more and more um and not not in any kind of critical way at all but it's really interesting I think to explore those things and also to allow yourself some rest um interesting to think how do you normally feel in January because our approach to Christmas I think we think of it just as Christmas but actually it makes so much difference to how we step into a new year you know whether we're exhausted totally fried from hosting people and lots of you know the build-up of lots of hangovers and Mm -hmm. for many many people the feeling of debt because they've overspent um Mm. to try and show everyone they love them with all the things they bought for them and actually starting a new year with all of those feelings is not the nicest thing so it taking stock now and building in small ways each day to pause whether it's just say I'm just going to go for a 10 minute walk um you know at this time every day or something whatever work obviously everyone's different but whatever works for you to just detach from the doing and the rushing if you do it every day throughout December it's amazing how different you feel come January that sounds awesome can you tell us how you Beth as a someone who works who is also a mother combat that voice in your head that says you're supposed to be doing all this stuff all the time you gotta keep going (laughs) I think I to, to be honest I until this year I was very bad at taking proper breaks having you know even writing books like calm christmas that i can do that for a little bit of time at christmas that's fine but you know i've got lots of things i want to do in the world um and i said yes to a lot of things and i think one thing i've realized is that when things something was working really well uh, i tended to say yes to it more mm-hmm. without necessarily stopping to say is this still serving my soul you know something can be really fantastic for a period of time and then we're evolving human beings this is definitely another thing that my um Japanese studies have taught me you know the the reality of impermanence not just us as human beings but our own state we are always changing um and what we love at one minute um is not necessarily what we will love a year later and yet if we've started doing something that for example is making really good money compared to what we were making before it can be very tempting to carry on doing that but actually, if we're not loving it, um, there'll come to a point that we probably burn out trying to do it. And this year, um, when I lost my mum, I took a big break from work. I just mm. dropped everything for about three months. I was completely uninterested in anything. I didn't want to. I, I had no hustle energy whatsoever, which, you know, I've had my own business for 12 years. And that was a really unusual feeling for me. But I just didn't care. You know, my Instagram, I just I didn't post anything, everything, all of my stats dropped. And I was just looking at it and I was like, I really don't care. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like it really made me 
think a lot about what I want to do with my own life. Um, and, you know, my company I founded more than 10 years ago is called Do What You Love, but that the meaning of those words, I think, have changed over the years, just become more and more focused. And now I'm like, life is short and precious and it's we don't waste it doing anything that you don't love and so I actually ditched quite a lot of things um and I was thinking about this the other day how I think the bright overhead lights of the world make us see a lot of things and that's why we our attention is drawn to many many things and we have an idea we want to make it happen and actually I'm trying to bring it back down to I've got a candle here like to the candlelight, the thing that I'm really interested in that is illuminated by this candle only, that's what I'm focusing on. And anything else, I'm just letting it go. Um, and it's so, I feel so much better mm. and calmer and more inspired. I can't, I just started writing on Substack recently. And I, in the, one of the actually busiest months in my company, because obviously I took a big chunk of time off, so I've had to catch up. I couldn't believe how inspired I was I had like 20 essays in draft because some something about ditching a lot of things has just reignited um, my creativity and I think it's so important to of course it's a terrible way to be reminded of the fact that life is short and precious but why waste it doing anything that you don't really care about it I I hate that you had to go through that I hate that your mother had to go through that but what a, a blessing to come out of that to have that realization and and so you were you were able to very firmly kind of focus that spotlight and 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 stay focused and give us some for those that are feeling overwhelmed this time of year and we, listen mm -hmm. we have plenty of friends who've lost jobs so they don't have the benefit of yeah. you know saying no to things right now but there's this just a general hysteria around this time of year specifically what are some activities what are some things we can be doing for ourselves to kind of hold that focus i do i mean i mentioned journaling before i think it's a really really brilliant thing to do um to to write out what is in your head, what is in your heart, let it spill onto paper, whether that is just a list of all the things that you're worried about or whether it becomes poetry, it doesn't matter at all. It might lead you to somewhere with your writing or it might just be that your head feels a lot calmer. I think sometimes where, when it's all just stuck in here, it's very difficult to see a way through um, the fog. And I completely appreciate that it's a very difficult time for a lot of people. And when, especially if you've been laid off, you can feel like you don't have choices, but we do always have choices. Even, you know, whatever kind of work you want to be doing, um, you get to choose what kind of company you do that same role in, for example. You know, you get to choose who you work. There are, there's always um, an option, but if we don't take the time to think about what really matters to us um, and what lights us up, then it's very difficult, I think, to make those decisions. And it's easy to fall into something because it's, you know, it's going to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And it, it is always a balance, but I also think it's very easy to say, oh, everything's difficult, so I'm just going to take this job. And then 10 years later, you're still in that job. And I say this because, you know, I have hundreds of thousands of people in my community have had these conversations over the last 10 years. And sometimes it just takes one brave decision to try something different. Um, even if it's just for a little bit at the time, you know, getting a job for 
um, to pay the bills, but also preserving part of your week, part of your month for something that you're trying to nurture, um, mm -hmm. that you love can, can make so much difference to how you feel. You don't feel like the world is guiding your whole life and you don't have any part to play in it because of course you do. So, so journaling, going on a 10 minute walk, those two things have helped me. Are there any sort of like little people who are listening to this right now? Are there any sort of like little intentions, little practices, little things to be just be more aware in such a such a busy season of life right now? I think that very first question we talked about, what kind of holiday season do you want and need this year? If you actually answer that honestly and forget about a calm Christmas, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what kind of Christmas it is. As long as you don't choose the word perfect, I think anything is fine. Perfect Christmas, you're setting yourself up for, you know, what, what even is a perfect Christmas and other people are involved. But if you, you know, you pick whatever adjective you want to describe Christmas and then use that as a filter. Is going to this party going to help me get to that kind of Christmas? Mm -hmm. Is buying this expensive present going to help me have that kind of Christmas? It's such a simple filter but it can help you it can help you um avoid anxiety about things it can help you um not take yourself to events that actually um you know stress you out or exhaust you whatever and also keep you focused on the kind of christmas that you want to create and even though christmas seems like it's just a little holiday actually it ends up being like a tenth of our year, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's there for kind of a tenth of our entire lives. So it is definitely worth that little bit of attention and intention, I think. Maybe the language, uh, instead of saying perfect, maybe you just ask the person who you love, like, what do you want for Christmas? And we ask people that all the time, but we're not really asking, what do you really want for Christmas? You know, because my answer, if someone asked me what I want for Christmas, I don't know what I want materially. I have no idea. Like I, you know, I'm a old man. I usually, if I want something, I, I go and I buy it and I don't like, you know, I don't wait until Christmas for it, but I probably would have some specific things that I would want for Christmas that aren't even. Can you share? Yeah. I, I want rest. Mm -hmm. I want calm, but I, I'd like that to be looped into a little bit of togetherness. Like I'd, I'd like the, the people who I care about the most close to me um, and able to enjoy whatever it is that they want. And maybe it's not calm. Um, but uh, I think Kim mentioned, and you mentioned at the beginning, and I, I appreciate both of you for saying this, it, it comes down to how, how you were raised and what your experience was as a child. And mine was just kind of the opposite of calm. I love those moments where you look around and everyone's just kind of not necessarily meditating, but just not doing anything <laughs> and mm. waking up in the morning and saying, Oh, I don't have to do anything today. And I think that's probably why workplaces and, you know, other, you know, places shut down and give you that opportunity for us. We, we became well-known and we started a company because of a video called Christmas Jammies. So around Christmas, we're oh. very busy. We like, this is a, this is a commercial time for us just to like be fully, yeah. fully honest about it. Mm. Um, and for that reason, I think I'm back in a, in a situation psychologically, which was similar to when I was a kid and I was in a boys choir and I went and sang in two churches a night in December and didn't necessarily feel the calm. Mm. But I also like, I don't want to, I don't want that, to, just like Kim was saying, I don't want that to, I don't want to enforce that on anybody else. 
I don't want anybody else to feel like they have to sit still. But I'm sure Kim's the first best person to respond to this, but just in she terms is. of hearing you there as a fresh outsider, um, is I completely understand. I know a lot of people um, in retail, for example, they're like, it's impossible to have a calm Christmas because we're just so busy up until Christmas Eve or a lot of makers who, you know, they have to do well at this time of year because that's, you know, a third of their seasonal income, that kind of thing. And I think part of that is then saying, well, what is the period of Christmas? Um, so maybe Christmas Day is allowed to be just the crazy, fun, noisy time that your teenagers might want. And then you've got this beautiful time that I call the hush between Christmas and New Year when it is the only time that a lot of things shut down. We have almost a week when I think this kind of magical portal opens mm. um, and everything is different. And maybe you can make a commitment to yourself or as a family to, to have that as a time of rest. And that even if you go, go, go commercially right up until Christmas Day, then everything shuts off. It won't matter. It doesn't matter if you don't do anything for one week you know it's absolutely fine and I, I think it's just about choosing those days obviously you'll know for yourselves what's the best thing to do for you but even just saying all I want for Christmas is rest how do you I mean it's so interesting to hear that isn't it I uh I love that and I love the idea of that I I do I do but do you know how much work it takes to truly rest like somebody's yeah. got to go grocery shopping to make sure there's food available for when we rest, you know? So I that, want to do that. I want yeah. to do that. And I would love to be, I will have to say as our kids get older, it is easier mm. to mm. Uh, like, I feel as if there's less magic required, but mm. we, you know, around that, but I, um, I'm all for rest and we probably need to design it in a way like you and your husband did of um maybe it is a kfc christmas this year at our house mm. i would actually be okay mm. with that what what other parts of the chaos can we outsource or just not participate in i'm yeah. actually i'm all for that uh or back you know batch cooking and just filling the freezer with stuff or saying you know the thing is if you ask everybody who's involved what they want for christmas and then you make a plan that everybody gets a bit of what they want, then I, it's, it is easier to have those conversations about, okay, so you want to spend the day doing this, which means two days before, we're going to need to do this in order to make that possible. Yeah. But I think if you're trying to decide on the day and you haven't been intentional and you haven't had that conversation, then it's very, it's very difficult. Because like you said, there's no food in the fridge. Yeah. So go and yeah and I think some. my, so what I'm hearing is that it's, if we, if we participate in a, and a more calm and rest. And I love calm and rest. We just have to be more intentional. And it's not bad to have to plan for that. Like it doesn't take any of the spontaneity around about like, just yes, like we're not going to do anything for the week after Christmas, mm. or starting on Christmas Day. And here's how mm. we've planned for that. Like that's yeah. All and, yeah. And interestingly, what do you mean by rest? Because you might you might mean sitting in front of the telly for 12 hours or you might not mean that at all you might just mean not answering the email that's yeah that's not what i mean i actually can't i can't physically rest i would probably the day that i rest i'm probably running three miles and doing a bunch of push-ups it's honestly it's it's putting a boundary around work and that's that's that may be what it is this is exactly yeah. the kind of discussion it's what does that mean 
because again it's what rest means to you isn't what rest means to somebody else and then when we get to the detail of what we actually mean we can help each other make that possible you sound a lot like my husband (laughs) if you can't go for a run oh there's trouble (laughs) yeah that that, yeah i would feel terrible if i went uh, a week actually physically sitting in front of a television for seven days a week Mm. that would i would feel miserable it is so I like this is this is a cyclical argument that I think that we have because we're small business owners and that makes it even more challenging. You know this, Beth. Like if you mm-hmm. if, if you had a, a place that you worked at that put a boundary for you around work, this would be a lot easier. But a lot of people in the world uh, run their own business and it, that that puts challenges. Yeah, how do you, so you do, I mean, you do more than just talk about a a calm Christmas with podcasts and books like you do. And you, you mentor writers, like you, you do a lot of, can you, we probably should have started Mm -hmm. with this, but it sounds like you're in a similar situation. So tell the people, tell the kind people about all the different things you do. Oh, um, I write books. Um, I teach, I I would say I teach writing, but I don't teach you how to write better. I teach how to get all the words that are inside you out and onto the page. And I should say that in one of my favorite times for writing is that hush period. And I do have, I have got a free winter writing sanctuary this year. Um, I've made it free because we here in the UK, we have a cost of living crisis. It's very difficult for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is such a precious time of year for, I mean, so many emotions come up and all of this. And I just love helping people get that into words. Um, And so anyone who's listening is very welcome to come and join that. Um, But so I teach a lot of writing. I teach people how to write book proposals for nonfiction books. Um, And I do do podcasting as well. And it is a lot. But for for me, one thing I realized um, not that long ago was about my energy expenditure. I think there's so much that you can do in a small business and you feel like, oh, this new platform came out. I should be on there or whatever. And actually, I've realized that, for example, speaking on stages, it's fine. I can do it. But it takes me five days to mentally prep myself for a half hour talk. And it's just not worth it because I could have written 10 magazine articles and done my own podcast and because my own podcast is scripted. So it's basically writing. I love writing. And so I've just kind of focused in on the things that speak to my strengths and said, it doesn't matter if the most exciting speaking opportunity comes. You don't like speaking. Like Just remember the, what impact it has on you. And so actually this Christmas, um, I've only done two podcast interviews. What This is one of them. Oh, wow. And I said no to, I just love your, your program. So thank you for inviting me. Um, but I just said no to all the others because again, I have to get in, because also because I've written lots of books and people want to talk about different books and I have to get in the right headspace and it takes up a big chunk of my day which isn't very long with small children yeah. being sent home from school early in a storm <laughs> um, so I think I think it's a, a really good thing I've learned in my life about what takes most of your energy and when is that worth it and when is it just not worth it and you know get rid of that in the same way that you get rid of things that aren't profitable yeah I think there's a kind of energy profit thing as well that can really help yeah, I don't know if it's the age or we're all just coming out of a pandemic where we need to look at life a little more critically. But um, in my life in general, I'm trying to that's why I'm, I've been challenging my challenging myself the last two months of the year, specifically when it can get very chaotic to unravel some of the reasons why to be more intentional. And in when I get involved, um, I'm down to like 
sleeping with my phone in a different like space, like trying to just not be so glued to that. Uh, are you finding that there are a lot of people trying to do the same? Is it the time of year or is it the pa- leaving a pandemic? What are you noticing? Uh, that was that was definitely um, a big uh, a a big increase in that during and just after the pandemic. And then I do think this last year, we've largely gone back in many ways to how life was before. Mm -hmm. But there's, I think, so much stress in the world at the moment with the wars and cost of living crisis and energy and all these things. Um, So there's an awful lot of anxiety at the moment. And I think people are trying to find ways to to deal with that. And so some of those um, techniques like being very mindful of your use of your phone and things um, are, are for sure very popular. And I think there's more and more people listening to meditation apps and just proactively trying to, um, and it, it is calm yourself down. I mean, can't, yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to say the word calm, <laughs> but I just think the world tries to program us to be like up here all the time and everything's an emergency so much that we stop noticing what are the actual emergencies in our own world like what's going on in my body and in my mind like this is really not so much of a disaster but because of the way that I've been drinking all this caffeine and not sleeping and all this everything feels really really um intense so I I definitely get the sense that um through you know people buying my books and the courses that people choose to take um people are really trying to be a lot more intentional with with their lives it's what else is there to be focused on apart from making the most of your life and filling it with love and the things that that make you and those you love happy. Sometimes I just stop and look at the world and I go, what are we thinking? (laughs) The things that we get obsessed about is just, doesn't make any sense when you stop and think about it. Well, we will try to stop and think about it. (laughs) That's, I think that's maybe the the thing that we're going to get the most out of in this podcast. Stop and think about it for a minute. Uh, Where, where can people find you and more information about your courses and books and all of that fun stuff? Oh, I'm on Instagram at Beth Kempton. Um, my free uh, writing course this winter, the Winter Writing Sanctuary, you can sign up for that at dowhatyoulovefourlife.com. Um, those are the best places to find me and the Calm Christmas podcast, which is every week until the end of the year. Oh, I can't wait to check that out. Well, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. And uh, you'll definitely spark some good discussions, yeah. not fights. Not no, fights. No, we'll, no, we'll we'll send you a, a snapshot when we're getting our Christmas lunch at KFC. <laughs> And uh, please do with a big, with a big thank you. Uh, thank you so please much do. for joining us. Oh, thank you. I hope you have whatever kind of something. You We're gonna have something. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.